In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Jesus is much, much braver than you and I. Now, if that is the best I've got today, you are probably wondering why you all came out in the snow. You knew that already. Of course you knew that Jesus is much, much braver than you and I. Jesus is much, much better at everything than you and I. But that is not the point of the gospel for this evening. It's not just that Jesus is better and Jesus is braver than you and I. It's what he does and what he asks us to do that shows how brave Jesus really is. We all think of bravery as force. David kills Goliath. The Seahawks kill the Broncos. Daft Buck kills at the Grammys. Okay, maybe not the last one for all of you, but nevertheless, you get the point. We think of bravery as exerting our will. We think of bravery as having our way, as dominating someone. We think of it as straight-line force. Boom! And things are done. But Jesus thinks differently. Jesus does, in fact, save the world, but Jesus does not use straight-line force. In a very, very real sense, Jesus has decided to save the world through you and through me. Now, all of your small catechism warning bells are probably going off. But it is here in the gospel for this evening, and tonight I'd ask that you would struggle with it despite your warning bells. Verse 16, so that they see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That has to be one of the most frightening passages in all of Scripture. That somehow other people get saved by seeing you and I doing good works. That somebody else's eternal salvation depends somehow on you and somehow on me. Now, how can I explain that? It works like this. Jesus loves us. Jesus loves us so much that he bravely and without reservation becomes one of us. That is Christmas. More, Jesus loves us so much that he bravely and without reservation dies for us. That's Lent. And then he rises for us bravely and without reservation. That is Easter. And then what? From his very first sermons, Jesus is already telling us that he is not going to be born of the Virgin Mary and suffer and die and rise in order to force people to be saved. No, that is not the way it works. Instead, he is going to lure them 
He's going to visit them. He's going to speak gently to them. He's going to touch them. He's going to console them. He's going to feed them. He's going to heal them, and he's going to love them. And much of that, Jesus is going to do through all of you. I am being very, very careful with doctrine here. But I am also committed to saying all that Jesus says about you and about me. The text says, through you. And that is packed with meaning. It presumes that we, anybody, everybody is saved by grace through faith as a gift from God. It presumes that that work of faith, that work of salvation, is a work of the Holy Spirit. It also presumes that this Holy Spirit works through means, through grace, through the name and water at baptism, through the words of absolution, through the bread, body, and wine, blood of the Eucharist, that these things touch us and forgive us and save us, and then... And then these gracious things use us, use you and use me for the salvation of other sinners. Tonight, in one of his very first sermons, Jesus is already presuming that the Holy Spirit is going to use each one of you to build his church and to save the world. You, each and every one of you, you, he says, are the salt of the earth. You, each and every one of you, you, he says, are the light of the world. You, you are a taste and you are a glimpse of the kingdom of God. And when people taste what you have to offer, when people glimpse how you live, then they will give glory to your heavenly Father and they will join the church and they will be saved. And that is very, very brave of Jesus. It would have been much more efficient to do it the David and Goliath way. It would have been much more efficient to hit people right between the eyes to kill them and then to have them wake up again in heaven. But nothing good happens by force. Because force violates people, and then it breaks them. And when you break them, you don't really love them. So Jesus writes his history with brave but gentle lines. He takes flesh, he dies, he rises. He breathes his spirit into the church. He enlivens and he animates and he energizes each one of you. And then when you do good, when you taste good, when you look good, then folks will follow you all the way home to your heavenly Father. They will follow light and salt all the way to heaven. That is the story of the gospel for this evening. So that they may see your good works 
and give glory to God who is in heaven. Personally, I find that frightening. That anyone else's salvation should depend on me or on you. But tonight, Jesus is brave enough to choose us and to save us, and then more to use us. So I presume we should all be busy being a taste and a glimpse of all the good things that are to come. Let me encourage you in three ways. If you are scared that you are not up to the task, think about St. Teresa who taught that even little souls can be great saints. Next, if you think that salt and light, that taste and glimpse do not work, then you ought to think about the new pope. Forget all about the doctrinal differences for just a moment and just think of the impact the man has had by being salt and light. His willingness to touch the sick, to pray, to embrace the poor, what people see in him is a taste and a glimpse. As one non-Catholic college kid said to me, this is the Pope we all have been waiting for. Finally, if you do not know what to do, if you do not know how to be salt and how to be light, then just think back of all the things we always talk about here, things we've talked about forever and ever, amen. The elements of the Christian life, Christ, Scripture, prayer, the liturgy, tithing and alms, a thorough mercy, and a winsome witness. These are the basics of the Christian life. These are the building blocks of salt and of light. If you don't know what to do, do that. Christ, Scripture, prayer, and the liturgy in these, Jesus comes to you, he forgives you, and he gives you his Holy Spirit to guide you. Tithing and alms, acts of mercy, these are salt and light for others. These are a glimpse and a taste for them. And together, these things, this life, these deeds that you do, these are your kind and warm and luring and embracing, winsome witness to the world. These are good works born in you of the Holy Spirit that always point past you to the Heavenly Father and the kingdom of God. If Jesus is brave enough to choose you, if Jesus is brave enough to use you, you all can certainly be brave enough to accept the blessing and the challenge. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.